Thomas. Michael. Well, you're feeling good this morning. I'm feeling so good. You know what? I got a new routine. All right, let me hear First it. thing in the morning, I get out of bed, I get on the treadmill. I know that sounds dreadful because you're not even awake yet, but it's the only way I can do it because when I get up, you know, got to have a cup of coffee, got to read the paper, got to watch a little Morning Joe, got to have a little more Morning Joe in the cup, you know, and then all of a sudden... Oh, I'm getting a little hungry. Got to eat now. Oh, I can't exercise because I just ate. Right. Right. And then you start getting busy with your day. You're not going to exercise at seven o'clock at night. And so I did it first thing this morning. Even without your cup of joe first. Yeah. Yeah. I just jumped right on that baby. Come on. Come on. Come to Papa. And guess what? What? 41 push-ups. On top of it. Did you really? I did. You're going to live. You're going to live. I'm going to live. So let's see how long this routine lasts. What do you think? Going to do it tomorrow? I have to, and you have to encourage me. All right. You know, my wife, Karen, she, you know, she says, you're perfect. You don't need to, you know, you don't lose, lose any weight. And actually, I'm not really overweight. I could stand to lose about 10 pounds, but who couldn't stand to lose about 10 pounds, right? Right. That's right, buddy. So anyway, I feel great. That's good. I've got energy. I'm not... Mr. Dragass, right? <laughs> I never called you that. I know what you were thinking. So now you've had your coffee, you've had your workout, you're feeling like a million bucks, right? I am feeling great, fantastic. Right. When I say the name Charles Dickens, what do you think about? He was a classic writer. He was a literary giant. Listen to this. I didn't read any of his books, but a lot of people did. He wrote in his life, these aren't all of them, here's the big ones, Oliver Twist, Nicholas Nickleby, the Christmas Carol, David Copperfield, Tale of Two Cities, and Great Expectations. That's a pretty good list, isn't it? It's a great list. The, he was a big-time writer, big-time guy. But now, oh, brother, we find out all these years later, some letters have resurfaced, and this guy was no good. Here he had a wife. She gave him 10 kids. He was 41 years old, and he thought, no, he was 45. His wife was now 41. He wasn't becoming attracted to her anymore because she was falling out of love and he fell for an 18-year-old actress. So instead of breaking up, you know what he did, Thomas? Kept a little thing going on the side? Yeah, but, in, but instead of just breaking up and doing that, he tried to have his wife committed to an insane asylum. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. I think this is where the term, you're such a dick, comes from, don't you think? <laughs> Charles Dickens. That's right, baby. I get it now. You know, I always wondered that. <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's where it came from. I guess you could say this guy was a real Scrooge, wasn't he? Oh. That's right, a Christmas carol. In so many ways. She gave that guy 10 kids, and he turns around, doesn't want to divorce, doesn't want to just have an affair on his side. He tries to get her committed to an insane asylum. That's Well, cool. she must have been insane to be married to him. What a little Dickens he was. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Actually, I think he was a big Dickens. <laughs> Have you read? And you should see a picture of him. You should Google Charles Dickens. He was no looker either. And I don't think in those days they knew that those books were that great. You didn't have radio. You didn't have TV. All you could do was sit around the fire. If you had a lucky, you had a fireplace. And no New York Times bestsellers list. Right. Charles Dickens, where the term, you're such a dick, came from. Tom and Mike. The other day in Columbia Airport, customs officials got a little suspicious about this Sri Lanka man trying to come in the country. So they stop him. And it turns out that this guy had 904 grams of gold in his rectum, almost two pounds of gold in his rectum. 
There's golden in there, reptims. Hey, Pat, I'd like to buy a bow. <laughs> I don't think so. You know how they do that teeth mark test on a piece of gold? Right. I'm guessing nobody volunteered to do that, did they? I don't think so. Oh, my Lord. Two pounds of gold up your rectum. At least the guy has a healthy diet. Plenty of carrots, right? Plenty of carrots. Oh. Keep you moving. <laughs> Custom officials goosed him. Causing him to lay the golden eggs. Oh. (laughs) I hate it when that happens. This guy had a gold mine in his pants, Thomas. A gold mine. A gold mine. And I would not want to be the miner. (laughs) I never understood. (laughs) I I never understood what money laundering was before. Now I know. (laughs) Yeah. Some soiled sheets. Gives a whole new meaning to the having a shiny gold ring, doesn't it? Oh. The man with the golden bun. Right? (laughs) That could be a new movie, Gold Stinker. Gold stinker. There's got to be better ways to make money in life than trying to sneak two pounds of gold in a country up your rectum, huh? You know, I don't really like that word. Do you? Re- rectum? No, I don't like that word. Well, it's better than, you know, the other hole, the a-hole. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we don't want to use that word either. What word would you How use? How about up his behind? Okay, I like that. I like that word better, okay? Yeah, you You know, are... sometimes you forget you're on the radio, my friend. Oh, come on. You know what goes on in this world. If I can't say rectum, they say it in doctor's offices. They say it on TV. Come on. But on the radio, come yes. on. It makes me uncomfortable when you use the R word. I prefer behind. You do? I do. And, you know, the types of behinds I prefer. <laughs> Just get me a Kardashian, would you? Tom and Mike. So in Pittsburgh this week, this family, for 40 years, had believed that their dad killed the mom and buried her in the backyard. So they decided to take a look. It happened 55 years ago, so they waited 15 years. I don't know why they had to wait 15 years before they decided he killed her. Anyway, they dug it up, and guess where mom was? Hello, mama. In the backyard. It's always the last place you look, isn't it? The last place. You know, he actually killed her in 64, and then he was killed himself in a car accident in 65. No wonder he was able to keep a secret all these years, huh? Oh, yeah. Dead men tell no tales, pal. That's it. Isn't this the feel-good story of the day? No. No. <laughs> I hate this story. I know one thing. What? I don't think they're going to come together in any kind of heavenly bliss, that's for sure. I don't know. It just seems like almost daily we, we read on the news or watch the news, and a husband had, has brutally killed his wife. And What happened to the divorce? I know. Really. Nobody wants to pay that half, buddy. Oh, boy. Nobody wants to pay that half. You might even turn ugly if Karen ever said, I'm leaving, right? Um, you, no. You oh, worked no. hard for all that money. I love my wife. What's mine is hers and vice versa. There you go. It's a beautiful thing. And by the way, how's your sick bride? My sick bride is right now laying in bed. Not a big fever, like 100, I think. So last she's I got her. what you had last week. Yes, well, I still have it. I haven't stopped. Took a cough drop right before I started talking to you. And uh, luckily, I haven't coughed I don't know yet. what's going on over there, but just keep it away from me, would you? I'm going to put it right through the microphone. It's coming right to you. Stop it. Tom and Mike. I want you to take a guess. How many people in America do you think take at least, at least four prescription medications? I'm going to just spitball here and say 65% of the American population. You're close, buddy. It's half, 50%. Wow. I mean, that's mind-boggling to me. If you had said 60%... You're talking about the complete population. Yep. Well, you got to figure that most young people aren't taking meds unless they're taking Ritalin or whatever. Right. right. Well, that's probably included in it. But it's gone up 15% from 2000 to 2018. And one-third of these drugs are for depression. And guess what's the most popular single medication of all in the whole country right now? I'll give um, you a hint. It's for pain. 
not opioids. Vicodin. Isn't that like an opioid? I don't know what it is, but it's to treat pain. But I'm sure people are, are using it for other things. That's not an opioid. It's not far off, right? Right. But if you had told me that half the country's taking a prescription drug, I'd say, yeah, I believe that. But this is over four of them. Yeah, that's kind of cray-cray. It's oh. over-prescribing from doctors. Because you know why? You right. know why they do that? A lot of them get a kickback from the drug companies. They do. You know, these people that come into doctor's offices peddling free samples and their drug wares and all that stuff, they're kind of like record promoters back in the 90s and 80s and whatever. They're coming in, they're trying to get their records played. And getting their records played means you subscribe those drugs and everybody's making money. Oh, and then they offer you free trips. You know, it's like payola, right? Yeah. Whenever there's profit involved in something that should be pure, there's going to be corruption every time, right? And my opinion, when it comes to healthcare, this is a much bigger subject, is healthcare should not be for profit. Now, I'm not saying doctors and surgeons and people who are, you know, great at their craft shouldn't be paid well, okay? But when you're in the hospital business, you shouldn't be in it to make a bunch of money and build more hospitals, right? Yeah. It shouldn't be some huge corporate conglomerate, but that's what's happening, right? Yep. I remember one time I went to a therapist. He told me, of course, money can buy happiness. Why the hell do you think I'd charge you $200 an hour? <laughs> no, but seriously, we're doing so many drugs as people with medication, and we're flushing them in the toilet sometimes that now our fish are being affected. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. It's crazy. You know, sometimes I think I'm bipolar, great in bed, but hard to live with. You ever hear of that? <laughs> but do you take anything you want to admit to right now? You know, it's interesting that you would ask me that question mm -hmm. because I have a, a slight elevated blood pressure. So right. I take a water pill. And okay. That's all I take. But I'm actually thinking about, because I, I don't really see any difference in my blood pressure. Right. I'm actually thinking about, actually not thinking about it. I just ordered a supplement, a natural supplement that's supposed to lower your blood pressure. So I'm going to see if that works. And if that works, then I won't be taking anything. I do take supplements. How about you? Now, this four drug thing, that doesn't include supplements, right? No, but I do take, I told you, because of my history of my dad, I take Zocor and... uh uh, that's about yeah, you know it. what I just started taking? What? Something called CoQ10. What's it's that? supposed to be good for the heart. Uh -huh. And I think it's some kind of fish oil or something like that. But the thing is, it gives me lots of energy, you know, especially when I'm on that treadmill and I'm doing those push-ups. Right. And try doing a push-up on a treadmill. It's unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> You're impressed. <laughs> it just came to you. You just got the visual of that, uh, yeah, right? It, 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 I cringe. I've got so much energy. I'm doing push-ups on the treadmill as it's going at number five. Well, if you keep doing what you're doing, then you don't have to take that blood pressure medicine anymore because they say that exercise is one of the best ways to bring your blood pressure down. Well, it's not that high. It's maybe, you know, I just took it over the weekend. It's like, is this bad? 145 over 73. Right. That's not terrible, right? No. It should no. be 120 over 73, though. Yeah, I, I just had mine done last week when I went to think for this. For my, You know, we're starting to sound like a couple of old farts I know. talking well, about blood pressure. I know. All right. Like well, that. I don't want to talk about that. All right. Let's talk but about that. But we are over-medicated. That's your point. Yes, we are. And thanks for making a point, you know, because so often I'm trying we, to figure out, what is his point? Yeah, but you made a point today, and I'm high-fiving you, bud. Here we go. We're, we're wandering the desert sometimes, right? Correcto Monday. Tom and Mike.
So, you know, we're told that this economy is doing so great by certain people. Although, do you know that the tooth fairy seems to be drawing her purse strings in tighter? No. Kids today, at average, getting a tooth, I don't know what you used to give your kids when they were little, but now they're getting, on the average, $3.70 per tooth, down 21% just in the last two years. People on the West Coast give the most, average $4.19. The South, $3.21. The Northeast, $3.20. And the lowest, the Midwest, $2.97. Well, you know, the Midwest is getting more conservative. Well, you know what? They say that this trend of payouts by the tooth fairy families by parents continues to roughly follow the movement of the S&P 500. But, you know, we're one of the few countries that does a tooth fairy. Do you know that in Russia, they just throw the teeth behind the refrigerator? Seriously? Did you know that? Why the refrigerator? I don't know. It's in the house. I don't know. You don't go back uh, there. Is there some kind of ritual behind it? (laughs) I get it. The tooth fairy comes and... If she really, and by the way, I do believe the tooth fairy is a female. How about you? Yes, she better be, or a gay tooth fairy. Yeah, well, anyway, if she really wants those teeth, okay, she'll move the damn refrigerator, right? There you go. Tom and Mike. A few weeks ago, we were talking about vegetarians, and I told you that they are not the healthiest people. Now, I read, they did this big study in Bristol University in Great Britain, and they found out, They looked at 10,000 vegetarians. It wasn't a little study. And they found out that vegetarians are more depressed because it's not because they're, you know, prone to depression, but it's because their lack of certain food. Like they don't get the omega-3s from fish. They don't get the B12 from red meat and folate. And so this can infect their depression. How about that? Did you know that? I remember asking you the reason why and you didn't know. And you went back and you did your homework. It's not because they're not as nice people or whatever than the rest of us or meat eaters but they don't eat the right foods that make their brain function properly, right? The idea that we're not really made to eat meat. Just plant food, right. Yeah, just plant food, that's bogus. There's nothing like a good smoked rack of ribs that won't cure, right? (laughs) Yes, right. I've always said this, no bacon, no peace. You know that restaurant I go to often, the steakhouse? Right. This is so weird. The guy I love, that guy Adam, the server, you know, who totally takes care of us. Yep. He's a vegan. And when he is presenting the menu, it's one of those restaurants where they're very descriptive on what each item is. And the way he's describing it, all the stuff he's talking about is meat. Right. You know, he's not giving you this wonderful, colorful description on any kind of veggie. It's always about meat. And I said to him once, I said, Adam, you make it sound so good. I bet you eat everything and you love it, right? He goes, no, I'm a vegan. I'm like, you hypocrite. Right. <laughs> you know, a lot of vegetarians are, right? But let's be honest. Have you ever seen anyone depressed while eating a filet mignon? That's a really good point. And these people are nuts because these are the same people that think trees have feelings. So maybe they are a little wacky in the brain to begin with. Maybe. Right? Right. I couldn't imagine not ever having a good steak or a good hamburger or a good cheesesteak or something like that for the rest of my life. You know, one of the all-time biggest proponents of not eating meat is Paul McCartney. And oh, really? He's aging well. He seems happy. He seems content. I mean, you never really know if a person's happy. But I do remember he got into all that with his former wife. You know, Linda. Linda. Passed the away of cancer. Yep. You know, if anybody was like the poster child for health, it would have been her. But You know what, though? You never know. I mean, do you remember Superman? What's his name? Christopher Reeve. Him and his wife 
were both non-smokers their whole life, physical fitness people, and they both died of lung cancer. So I don't know what goes on in the world. I don't know if there was something in their pipes of their house or, or something, but isn't that strange? Yeah, it is strange. We don't know. We don't yeah. understand a lot of things. But one thing I do know for sure. What's that, Do you ever watch that TV show, The Circus, on Showtime? Oh, with John uh, Heidelman. Yeah. Yeah. They were getting into climate change. He actually went and interviewed Al Gore. Now, we haven't seen or heard from Al Gore in a very long time. Right. And Al Gore first started talking about the environment in 1996. And what did people think? They thought he was a nut job, didn't they? They thought he was a nut job. Right. And, you know, actually, he revealed some things that make total sense to me. Do you tape it? You're going to see it. No, I haven't seen it yet. Well, can I be a spoiler for a Go second? Go ahead. Spoil me. Spoil me. You anyway, this is going to this is gonna kind of blow your mind. He started getting into aerial shots of thousands of people fleeing places like Honduras. Right. And they're coming north. You know why? Because of climate change. Right. They can't grow crops anymore. Their land is has dried up and they're taking their entire families and they're heading north towards America. So yeah, the, the whole caravan thing is real. Right. And the whole climate change thing, it's not just real. There was ever a case for a national emergency. This is it, right? Yep. And you know, it ties in perfectly with the whole caravan thing too, because these people are coming. Right. And yes, illegal immigration is way, way down, but- there's still over 400,000 people a year crossing our border. That's over 1,000 people a day. That's significant. Well, don't be a doomsday. Don't don't end on a bad note like this. This is very I, scary. I'm not being a doomsday. No, I'm I know. just saying people need to wake up. Honestly, when I was a hardcore Republican, right. I used to think that Al Gore was a nut too, but not so much anymore. You know his biggest mistake? This is, He'll never, I, he won't probably admit this, but his biggest mistake was when he ran for president in 2000, he didn't elect to have Bill Clinton go out on the campaign with him because he thought he was tarnished from the whole Monica Lewinsky thing. And I really think that hurt him. And, you know, it came down to a Supreme Court being political and making 5-4 and Bush Well, he actually up. won the election. I know he did. That's another whole... discussion for another and day. I mean, and how the world would be so much oh, different now. There probably would not have been the Iraq War, right? No Iraq War. Right. We wouldn't have had ISIS. Uh, oh, so many yeah, things. And the climate would certainly be a oh, hell of a lot better. You got me sad now. We're ending on a sad note. Yeah, a sad note. But on a happy note, What's you can this? always pull down instant gratification. You know, we are the generation of instant gratification. That's right, buddy. And we, are. we like things at our fingertip. And here's one thing you need to put on your favorite, on your device or your computer or whatever you use to go to the net, because you are a net wet. We are millennial strong. Yes, we are. It's our daily podcast in the address. Give it to him, Mike. What's this world coming to? Tom and Mike.